and welcome to the Bodybuilding Dietitians podcast. So today you are actually only joined by one of your hosts, and if you can't tell by the sound of my voice, it is Tiara speaking, and Jack actually won't be joining in on this episode in particular, and the reasoning for that is because I'm actually going to be starting a new mini-series documenting my 2020 comp prep, which I will be releasing on the podcast. And uh, not to worry, Jack and I will still be recording our weekly episodes together, you know, answering all of your wonderful Q&As. But, you know, I thought that I would also document my prep because, you know, I get a lot of questions about, you know, what I'm going through with prep. And uh, I know that I share a little bit here on Instagram, you know, I've shared a tiny bit on YouTube, you know, and like every second or third week, I might like do a five minute recap of the previous fortnight or something on the podcast. But, you know, I have so much more to share with you guys and I really want to give you the details. So I thought what better way to uh, record a weekly episode, you know, and give you a recap of my previous week everything I've gone through, you know, the highs and the lows, details about my nutrition, my training, my mindset, my experience, and pretty much take you guys along the journey with me. So that's essentially what I will be doing from now on. So I'm planning on releasing or recording an episode every single Sunday and pretty much giving a recap of the previous week. And It's exciting times to start this now because I'm currently six weeks out from my first show of the season. And, you know, it's six weeks out. That pretty much means that it is crunch time. You know, there is just under one and a half months left to go before I will actually be stepping on stage with the IFBB for the first time. 41 days to be exact. Who's counting? But uh, yeah, that's pretty exciting. So six weeks out from the first show. And then essentially, I'm going to be recording another 12 episodes after that because I will be competing in six different shows across three different federations across a 12 week time span. So, you know, I just want to take you guys on that journey. I want to, you know, describe what's going on between, you know, show to show, give you a recap of my experience, you know, the different federations that I'm competing with, the different divisions, you know, my peak weeks, my learning experiences, all that jazz. So I am super excited to be reporting on that in detail for you guys. So, you know, I guess to begin with, I might as well give a rundown of my competition plans for this 2020 season. So like I mentioned, the first show is six weeks away, and that will actually be the IFBB Queensland State Championships. And that is on the 29th of February. And then three weeks following that, I will actually be competing at the Arnold's down in Melbourne, which I am so excited about. And that is on the 20th of March. And for those competitions, I will be competing in the bikini category. And, you know, competing with the IFBB has honestly been a dream and a goal of mine for years. So the fact that it is only six weeks away just absolutely blows my mind and I'm incredibly excited. 
So after following the Arnold show, that'll be it for the IFBB shows, and then I'll be moving into my shows with ICN. So the first one is going to be on the 5th of April, and that is the Sunshine Coast Classic. I will be competing in female fitness and also sports model. And then following that two weeks later, I'll be competing at the ICN Brisbane Classic, again in female fitness and sports model. And then two weeks after that will be the last ICN show of the season, and that will be the ICN Nationals down in Sydney, and that is on the 3rd of May. And again, female fitness and the sports model category. Then following that, three weeks later on the 24th of May will be my last show of the season, and that will be with another federation called AWNBS, and I'm planning on competing in the Bikini International category for that show. So yeah, super excited, three different federations, six shows, you know, starting from now, there should be at least 18 episodes in this mini series, and Man, I'm just so excited to take you guys along the journey, you know, sharing my experiences between all of these shows, these different federations, and oh wow, it should be uh, it should be really fun. And yeah, I can't think of a better way to share this than to podcast, you know, because there's a lot of ways to deliver content. You know, you can go through Instagram, you can go through YouTube, but if you haven't noticed already from the podcast, I like to speak. <laughs> That's kind of why I started a podcast with Jack. And, you know, I just find podcasting so easy because it's so easy to just speak, you know, and share your thoughts and express yourself. And it's from my point of view, it's a very easy way to create and share content and connect with other people. And also there's a very low listener burden because, for example, if I were to create YouTube videos, which take a hell of a lot more time. And if I'm completely honest, I much prefer actually podcasting compared to creating YouTube videos. You know, the listener or the viewer, they have to go onto YouTube, they've got to watch an entire video. You know, that's a lot more of a commitment compared to just tuning in and out of a podcast throughout a day, you know, or when you're on a walk or something like that, doing the dishes, sitting on the train. You know, podcasting is awesome for that. And of course, you know, there's Instagram and I shared bits in here on Instagram, but you can only share so much on Instagram without just completely, you know, clouding up your entire story feed and someone's not gonna watch 50 stories or something like that. Or, you know, writing captions that are basically like an essay and someone's just like, oh, I'll just like the photo. I don't really wanna read all of that. <laughs> So yeah, podcasting is the way to go. And I'm going to re be releasing these episodes in conjunction with Jack and I's weekly episodes as well. And given all that information, you know, let's now get into what this podcast is actually going to be about. So this first episode of the series, essentially, I wanna give you guys a rundown of what's happened during the past 20 weeks of my comp prep, because I did start 26 weeks out from my first show, and like I mentioned, I still have six weeks to go. So I actually have been dieting now for 20 weeks, which is pretty crazy, and the time has absolutely flown. But I also wanna provide you guys with some background context, you know, on who I am and how my body composition has actually changed over the years. Because for anyone who is involved in this sport, 
you know that a comp prep, it doesn't start 12 weeks out, 15 weeks out, 20 weeks out, however far out you choose to initially start dieting for that specific competition, a comp prep starts years out because that's how long it actually takes to develop your physique if you plan on being competitive on stage. So essentially, in a nutshell, I would say that I have been focusing on changing my body composition for the last six years or so. So we are going all the way back to the beginning of 2014. So the beginning of 2014, this was my last year of high school, grade 12. Starting off, you know, in January, I was a healthy body weight. I was like 64 kilograms. And just for reference, I am quite tall. I'm 176.4 centimeters tall, just to be specific. <laughs> but, you know, at 64 kilograms then, I was around a 20 BMI. So I was a healthy body weight. I was perfectly fine, you know? And I did have a good relationship with food. And, you know, I just had a good relationship with pretty much exercise and stuff like that. But I knew I could be better. And long story short, I got a little bit too obsessed with the whole healthy eating scene and running. And pretty much I, you know, transitioned into majorly under eating and uh, running kilometers and kilometers and kilometers every single day. And within a matter of about five or six months, my weight actually went from 64 kilograms down to 52 kilograms. So a very drastic change in body composition there in a very short period of time, which was incredibly unhealthy. And I had a very, very warped and unhealthy relationship with my body, you know, very disordered eating tendencies and uh, orthorexic tendencies as well. And Yes, I majorly improved my running performance and I was running very well. You know, I was running at a state level. I was the captain of the cross country and the athletics team. And I did keep running all the way into first year uni. And, you know, I transitioned into more cross country running into much longer distance running. So like half marathon running. And, uh, you know, I still did well. So for example, I got first place in the under 18s in the Noosa Half Marathon. I got fifth place on uh, the Gold Coast Marathon. And, you know, that was pretty good considering how many people actually entered those races. But I had to be honest with myself, you know, I was a good runner, but I wasn't great. You know, I was never gonna be on top of the world. And long story short, you know, I literally ran myself into the ground. So I was running with the UQ track team almost all the way through first year uni in 2015, but it really got to the point where I was so unhappy that I would almost break out in tears during some of our training sessions on the track because I was just like, I was having the biggest mental battle in my mind and I was like, why are you doing this to yourself? You don't need to do this to yourself. So. Pretty much October 2015, I went cold turkey. I told my running coach like, hey, I really, really need a break. And I haven't run since. <laughs> I haven't run since. And uh, ever since then, you know, I pretty much fell in love with going to the gym. So instead of riding my bike down to the track, I'd ride my bike to the UQ gym. 
And I was so excited to be doing something different. And I finally felt like I was exercising to, you know, with the purpose of building my body up through lifting weights instead of just breaking my body down. Because when I was running a lot, my mentality was, you know, immediately as I ate something, I had to burn it off. You know, I had to go for a run. I had to expend that energy, but I really had a change in mindset. And, uh, you know, once I started lifting weights, I felt like I was actually exercising with purpose and I was getting somewhere and, you know, with my nutrition, I was getting somewhere. So that was damn exciting. So pretty much October, 2015, uh, all the way up until now, I've purely been resistance training and I absolutely love it. So October 2015, for the next two and a half years until the beginning of 2018, again, purely resistance trained. But I'm not going to lie, you know, my progress wasn't linear. I think just like everyone, I made mistakes in the gym, you know, made mistakes body composition wise, because you can't just do a 180, guys. You know, when you struggle for so long with body composition and, you know, body dysmorphia and poor relationships with food. It's not just like one day you wake up and you're like, yep, I'm better, you know? Oh man, it is a bumpy road to recovery. Uh, So it took me a good few years. So end of 2015, when I started lifting weights, I was around that 55 kilogram mark. And then when I started preparing for my first competition prep at the beginning of 2018, I was around 66 kilograms. So, you know, over 10 kilograms gained, which was pretty exciting. Uh, but again, it wasn't linear. You know, I'd gain a little bit of weight. I'd get kind of scared. I'd try to cut down. But overall, the general trend, I kept pushing up and up and up. And a lot of that, you know, came from self-determination to be better, you know, and actually accepting the fact that, hey, Tiara, if you actually want to change your body composition, you have to eat a little bit more food. So I just, I learned to accept that. And, you know, obviously the very supportive encouragement from Jack, of course, throughout all these years, because we pretty much went on the same journey, you know, of trying to uh, gain weight and put on more muscles that we could compete one day. So that was so wonderful and helpful to have each other in that sense as well. And then, you know, come the beginning of 2018, after years of training together, you know, Jack and I decided, hey, you know, this is probably a good time to finally give this a crack and do our first comp prep. So that was pretty much my first competitive season, season A, 2018, competing with the ICN and Boy, was that a learning experience. Just like I'm sure everyone can relate to that. You know, your very first competition season, you're gonna learn so much about yourself. (laughs) You know, it's never gonna be perfect. I don't think I've ever heard a competitor, you know, who's obviously competed more than once say, you know what, my first prep, that was the best. I freaking nailed it, wouldn't have changed a thing. What a joke, you know? <laughs> I feel like that's what the first prep is supposed to be for. It's supposed to be about learning about yourself, you know, and making mistakes so that, you know, you can learn from those experiences and not make those mistakes again in the future. And you can always strive to be better and majorly progress. But uh, anyway, so first comp prep, 
majorly different to this comp prep. And the main reason for that was because I just had a huge transition in my environment, my sleep patterns, my nutrition, my training patterns, everything, you know, because when I first started, so I started from my out for my first show only 15 weeks out. Again, a mistake, not enough time, right? But my environment was so different because I was in my very first semester of my master's of dietetics degree. So it was a huge workload of full-time study, you know, hospital placement. And at the same time, I was still trying to train six days a week and also do multiple like seven hour shifts at the gym too. All while like trying to get enough sleep, which didn't happen. You know, my sleep went to absolute crap. So yeah, that prep, I learned a hell of a lot. So I guess, you know, just to provide an example of what a typical like day would kind of look for me there. Let's say on a Monday, right? I would wake up around maybe like 5.30. I'd have something to eat. I'd walk to the gym. I'd train maybe from like 6.30 to 8.30 in the morning, have another something to eat. And then I was in class pretty much from 9 a.m. until 4 p.m. that day. And we only got a one hour lunch break. And pretty much on our lunch break, Jack and I would just try to go for a walk to get our steps up because, man, we were just so sedentary the entire day. And then right at 4 p.m., I would walk over to the next building where I worked at the UQ gym and I would start work at 4 p.m. and I would close the gym at 11.15 p.m. at night. So it was over a seven hour shift on the gym floor. I'd walk home like a zombie, you know, by the time I'd brushed my teeth and gotten into bed, it was probably like 11.45 or 12 o'clock. And then, you know, I had to wake up the next morning at 5 a.m., to eat and catch the bus to hospital placement to be there around like 7 or 7.30 in the morning, right? I was at the hospital all day, which I found to be a very unpleasant experience just personally for me, you know, at the hospital like 7 to like maybe 4.30 or 5 p.m. at night. Then I'd hop on the bus, you know, try to skull down some pre-workout and a can of sardines, super unhappy, super exhausted, super sleep deprived. And then I'd get off the bus, try to go to the gym for a two hour workout, which man, my training just went to absolute crap too. You know, my performance was just in the tank. And, uh, you know, leave the gym maybe two hours later around like 7.30 at night, walk home, eat, take a shower, try to fall asleep, wake up the next day, do it all again and go to the hospital. So, man, that was freaking tough. And, you know, it's pretty much just typical me, my mentality of like, I can do it all, you know, and uh, I certainly, I, I don't actually regret it because at the time I felt like the most productive and most accomplished I'd ever been in my life because I'm one of those people who, you know, I don't like to sit still. I always like to be working towards something, you know, I always like to feel productive and, you know, feel as if I'm accomplishing something in life. So taking on all of these multiple tasks, you know, I actually, in a sense, I felt amazing, but at the same time, you know, 
I did take a physical hit in multiple directions. One was from the sleep deprivation, you know, like that just whacked me in terms of my hunger hormones were through the roof. You know, my body composition wasn't responding as well. I think I actually lost quite a bit of muscle during my first prep and I had to dig quite hard in terms of calories just because as we know, you know, getting good quality, sufficient sleep at night plays an integral role for preserving muscle mass and losing fat mass. But because I was sleep deprived, you know, I wasn't really taking advantage of it in that sense. So for example, during my improvement season, I was actually maintaining 66 kilograms on 3,400 calories, which is a lot of food. And, you know, I was just a very active person. You know, I was training six times a week. I was walking everywhere. I was very energetic. Neat was pretty much through the roof. Metabolic rate was through the roof. It was awesome. I was eating a hell of a lot of food. But because when I entered this comp prep, my sleep went into the tank, you know, because of my environment, being in class all day, being in the hospital, like my steps just plummeted compared to what they'd used to been. Like, you know, before I probably didn't even find it hard to hit between like 15 to 20,000 steps per day. Then I was almost struggling to get 10,000 steps per day during my prep on those really busy study days, which absolutely sucked. So compared to my, you know, maintenance calories at 66 kilograms, 3,400. During my prep, I actually had to be pretty damn aggressive to lose weight given the circumstances, and they dropped down to 1,500 calories. So very little, almost a 2,000 calorie drop, which was just ridiculous, you know? So, um, yeah. And because of that, like, like I said, I lost quite a bit of muscle, you know, training performance really went down. I think on my OHP, like, I think I went from lifting around 32.5 kilograms all the way down to like 22.5 kilograms, which was just sad. Ah, it sucked. Performance went down. But like I said, it's all a learning experience. So essentially, first comp prep, you know, 15 weeks long until the first show, weight dropped from 66 kilograms down to 58.1 kilograms to the first show. And, you know, I did all right in the first show. So I competed in the bikini category and I got a few like second and third places. And then the second show, which was two weeks later. So the first one was the rookies. The second one was the Brisbane classic. I did lose a little bit more weight. So I got down to 56.9 kilograms. And for that show, I actually placed lower than what I did in the previous show, even though in my opinion, my physique looked much better. I actually was much leaner. And at that point in time, that was the best I'd ever looked. But I was in a very kind of strange position because I didn't quite have enough muscle to be competitive in the fitness category, which was ultimately where I wanted to be, right? But I was also a little bit too lean for the bikini category. So even though up on stage, I was actually the leanest girl up there, I actually got a few fourth and fifth places simply because I just didn't meet the marking criteria for the bikini ICN division. And, you know, I took that on the chin and accepted that that's just the way it is, you know, like 
Competing is a very subjective sport and you need to meet the marking criteria, but if I'm completely honest, it just fueled my fire to be better because I didn't actually want to be in the ICN bikini category. Like I said, I want to be up there with the fitness girls and the sports model girls, and I want to ultimately be up there on an IFBB bikini stage and be competitive, you know? I want a good amount of muscle on me, so... Pretty much getting almost marked down in that sense pretty much just motivated me to take a good two-year break, you know, build some good quality muscle, put on weight, train damn hard, train smart, and pretty much come back with a completely different physique that I would be incredibly proud of myself for building and be competitive up on that stage and actually be able to hold my own. So... After I stepped off stage in May 2018, I said to myself, man, Tiara, it's got to be at least a good two years before you even consider stepping on stage again. And, you know, I loved competing. I definitely caught that competition bug. And man, was I motivated and driven to put in some good quality work and truly change my physique. So I went straight into my improvement season You know, I wasn't scared of eating a little bit of extra food. I definitely didn't blow out or anything like that. But, uh, you know, I just pretty much progressively gained weight, stuck to a proper training program. Man, I got just so much stronger across the board. So, for example, the first half of my improvement season, pretty much like May 2018, all the way up until like December 2018, really tried to progress with back squats to build up my legs and my weights went from like 50 kilograms all the way up to 85 kilograms you know again ohp during prep it was like 22.5 kilograms i got up to 40 kilograms on standing ohp which i was so proud of and not to mention hip thrusts you know in comp prep i think i was hip thrusting like 80 kilograms but during my improvement season I got all the way up to lifting like 160 kilograms for hip thrusts and you know I pretty much just uh swore by doing hip thrusts because I majorly needed to improve my glutes and uh, I actually started doing hip thrusts three times per week and still doing them three times per week to this day and man they have just worked an absolute treat for building my butt so Yeah, pretty much hip thrust, what is that like a double increase in strength? 80 kilograms all the way up to 160 kilograms. And oh my gosh, not to mention shoulder press. During my first prep, I was shoulder pressing like nine kilograms. During my improvement season, I got all the way up to 18 kilograms. So again, that's a double increase in strength. So wow, I was just so proud of myself for that. It was, it was awesome guys. Like can't recommend enough taking a solid improvement season like there's no better feeling than just fueling yourself in every single session having the energy and the drive you know to just try to hit pbs and increase the weight a little bit pump out a few extra reps like you know it's almost like linear progress and there's just no better feeling than being like man what i just did I actually wasn't able to do last week. So the progress is phenomenal. It just, uh, it feels so good to be strong. So I absolutely loved my improvement season. 
And, uh, you know, body composition wise, pretty much I started at that 56.9 kilograms. And then I actually got all the way up to 71 kilograms by May, 2019. So within that one year, I'd actually gone up like a good 14 kilograms. And I'm not going to lie, you know, 14 kilograms, that is quite a bit of weight to gain within just over a year, especially as a female competitor. But I'm really proud of myself for doing it, you know, pushing myself outside my comfort zone and actually doing that push up. It's probably the largest push up I'll ever take in my life. Uh, but, you know, I am proud of myself for doing it regardless. And man, I felt strong. And at that 71 kilograms, you know, it did get to a point where like gaining any more weight, it would just be unproductive. And I was pretty much just going to be putting on extra body fat at a very, very minimal rate of extra muscle gain. So I decided to do a cut at the beginning of May, 2019. And that went until around the beginning of July. So just over two months. And my weight went from 71 down to 66 kilograms. So that was good. And you know, Falling on from that, I pretty much had seven weeks left until I was about to start my comp prep for 2020. So my official start date was the 31st of August, 2019. And I wrapped up my cut around the 12th of July. So a good uh, seven weeks there. And during that seven weeks, you know, I gave myself a little bit of leeway in order to gain a little bit more weight. Obviously, some of that would have come from like just increased fluid retention because I was going from my cutting macros, which were around like 260 carb all the way up to 400 grams of carbs. So that definitely held on to uh, some extra fluid and some extra glycogen, but also, you know, just train damn hard during that seven week period and try to put on a little bit more muscle mass, try to continue to increase strength, you know, training performance and I wasn't too worried about gaining a little bit of extra weight because I was doing an extended dieting period and uh, yeah, uh, that can be lost. So anyway, weight went up to around 68 kilograms flat. And at the end of that final segment of my improvement season, I was actually maintaining that 68 kilograms, eating quite a substantial amount of food. So I was eating 400 grams of carbs, 150 grams of protein, and 40 grams of fat. So that equaled out to be just over 2,500 calories. So it was a pretty good amount of food and damn did I feel good and damn was I freaking energetic. So come, you know, the beginning of my comp prep, 31st of August, 2019, I pretty much just did a macro drop from carbohydrates. So I dropped my carbohydrates from 400 grams per day down to 300 grams per day. And I kept protein the same at 150 grams and fats at 40 grams. And in terms of fiber, you know, I do follow a pretty high fiber diet because I just love eating a lot of fruits and vegetables and whole grains, nuts and seeds. And man, it just adds up throughout the day. So my gut is pretty well accustomed to handling anywhere between like 50 to 70 grams of fiber per day and my digestion is just fine but uh yeah those are i don't necessarily have a fiber target that's just generally what i consume per day on average and you know that's pretty much nutrition at the start and in terms of training you know training has honestly been 
pretty much the same in terms of my setup and my exercise selection since a few weeks out from comp prep actually starting all the way until now. So I really haven't changed my training program. So essentially I train five days per week right now. Usually take my rest days always on a Wednesday and a Sunday. I train lower body three times per week. So I train lower on Mondays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. And then I train upper body on Tuesdays and Fridays. And honestly, I've pretty much been following that exact same split for man, like a good six months now. And uh, it's just been working really, really well for me, to be honest. I love it. And I don't do that many exercises, you know, per session, I'll probably do like maybe four or five exercises because to me, getting in good quality work and good quality volume is so much more of a priority and adds so much more to the development of my physique and the retention of my muscle mass compared to just doing a lot of volume and as some people might refer to as junk volume. So for example, a standard leg day for me, like let's say a Monday, right? I'll start off with some trap bar deadlifts. I'll do some leg extension. I'll do some hip thrusts. I'll do some leg curls, you know, and I'll do some calf raises and I'll do a bit of core work as well. So that's what, like five lower body exercises, including calves and a little bit of core. And, you know, those are pretty staple exercises. And by keeping them like that, I really have found that I have just been able to progress, which has been pretty amazing. And what's really surprised me this comp prep as well is that my lower body, despite being in a deficit, has actually continued to develop, especially my glutes and my hamstrings and even my quads too. And you know, that kind of makes sense because I have been continuously progressing with my exercises. And you know, I'm past that stage where it's just neural adaptation or I'm getting more used to the movement pattern kind of thing. I'm actually able to increase the weight on exercises like barbell RDLs, like V squats, trap bar deadlifts, hip thrusts, and do more reps too. And in order to do that, I would argue that you need a little bit more muscle mass. So yeah, in terms of training, you know, my lower body days, I'll always do two compound exercises. One of those is always barbell hip thrusts, just because like I mentioned before, I love them. You know, I don't really usually say that I'm married to anything, but if I was married to something, it would probably be the barbell hip thrust. So I do those three times per week and, you know, I won't do the exact same weight or the exact same reps every single week. I usually mix it up. So on one day, I'll use a heavier weight and work within a rep range of eight to 12 reps. Another day, I'll use a medium weight, work with between 12 to 15 reps. And on another day, I'll usually work, use a lighter weight and I'll work between 15 to 20 reps. So yeah, those are my three hip thrust days for the week. And then I'll pair that with another compound movement. So on Mondays, I do trap bar deadlifts. On Thursdays, I do barbell RDLs. And on Saturdays, I will do V squats. And then in addition to that, like I said, I do some leg curls, some leg extensions, some back extensions, some hip abductions. I always do calf raises. And yeah, that's pretty much my leg days. Uh, nothing too complicated. 
And then for my upper body days, I train upper body twice. So on Tuesdays, I start with a seated barbell OHP. Then I move into some chin-ups. Then I'll move into an incline chest press. Then I do some lat pull down. I'll do some tricep overheads. I'll do some bicep hammer curls and I'll do some lateral raises. So that's my first upper body day. And then on my second upper body day, pretty much it's a full upper body day again, you know, push pull. So what I start with is barbell bent over rows. Then I'll move into a dumbbell shoulder press. Then I'll do some barbell bench press, lat pull downs again, and then tricep overheads, some bicep curls and lateral raises again. Again, nothing too complicated. You know, I always go for like, a vertical push and a vertical pull, a horizontal push, a horizontal pull, a tricep exercise, a bicep exercise, and work my lateral delts because, man, who doesn't want bigger shoulders? I mean, like, ah, what a beautiful muscle group. So yeah, that's pretty much my training. And then, you know, in terms of steps, my steps are always pretty high. I love going on walks, you know, I love walking to the gym. I love practicing my posing. World's Gym Brisbane is huge as well. So just walking around, I clock up quite a few thousand steps just in my training sessions. So, you know, steps on average are around eh, anywhere between like 13 to 15,000 steps per day. And they've pretty much consistently been at that number ever since the beginning of comp prep. So when I need to do an extra push, you know, when my weight plateaus, I've pretty much always just done that through manipulation in diet. You know, I don't necessarily want to increase my energy expenditure any further because my step count already is quite high. You know, my resistance training sessions already are quite vigorous and quite taxing. So if I need to put myself into a larger caloric deficit, pretty much what I've done is I've just dropped my calories and I've dropped my macros. So given that, you know, if I was to try to put the last 20 weeks of comp prep into a nutshell, knowing me, you know, a nutshell is not a nutshell because I just love to talk and I love to ramble, <laughs> but essentially the last 20 weeks body weight has dropped from 68 kilograms down to 60.7 kilograms. So I have lost now 7.3 kilograms, which I'm pretty darn happy about. You know, there have been weeks where weight has plateaued and, you know, because weight has plateaued, I have made that decision to do a macro cut. So for example, you know, the first three weeks of comp prep, I was steadily losing weight on 300 grams of carbs. But then, you know, my weight did start to plateau around that 66 kilogram mark. So I did a slight macro cut. I brought my macros down to 275 carb. And then, you know, my weight continued to drop down to 65 kilograms. But, you know, it was around that six week mark of dieting where my weight just started to do some really funky things. You know, like it dropped down to the 64s bounced all the way up back up into the 66s, then the 65s, the 64s, the 66s. It was just dancing, man, and it was so unpredictable. And 
I've always found, to be honest, and I think I've even spoken about this in previous podcasts, is that when I start a dieting phase, it is always around that six week mark that my body does start to really fight back, you know, and I'm showing signs of diet fatigue. So that's where I made the decision. You know, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do a diet break. So pretty much I brought my macros and my calories back up to maintenance. I brought them up to 325 carb, 150 protein, 40 fat. And I did that for a week. So that was week seven of my comp prep, did that diet break. Then following that week seven, you know, I transitioned into a different form of dieting because initially I was just following the exact same macros, exact same calories every single day, regardless of whether I was training or not. So it was basically continuous energy restriction. But following that diet break at week seven, I transitioned into five lower days and two higher days. So what I started off with was I was at 200 carb, 35 fat, and 140 protein. And I would consume that Saturday through to Wednesday. And then on Thursdays and Fridays, I would bring my carbohydrates back up to 325 grams, protein anywhere between 140 to 150 grams, basically just because I was consuming a lot more grains for my carbohydrate sources. They add up to your protein amounts, you know, and you can't consume as much high biological value protein. So I would bring my protein up a little bit and I would keep my fats the same at 35 grams. And I've actually been riding that out ever since week eight, and now I'm entering week 21 of prep. So that's been working an absolute treat, doing those five lower days and two higher days. And I pretty much carried that out for the next 10 weeks of prep, and my weight dropped from 65 kilograms down to around 61.9 kilograms. So. That's only over just three kilograms, right? In 10 weeks, which isn't a substantial amount of weight loss. But the truth is, you know, the reason why I gave myself so much time for this prep is so that I didn't have to do anything drastic, you know? Going off the experience from my previous prep where I lost almost 10 kilograms in around 17 weeks, My training performance just took an absolute hit and my body composition took an absolute hit because sure, I lost weight, but some of that weight was muscle mass, which absolutely sucked. So that's pretty much why I've wanted to take this slower approach, you know, so that I can retain as much muscle mass as possible and, uh, you know, just take care of myself, you know, still try to keep my energy levels as high as possible and... Luckily, I think I've been able to do a pretty good job at that because I'm six weeks out now and people are actually still making comments of, wow, you're still pretty damn energetic or enthusiastic considering you're six weeks out. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I lost about an extra three kilograms across those 10 weeks. And you know, that does equal out to be around 300 grams per week, which is still within the recommendations for me You know, because if you're trying to lose between 0.5 to 1% of your body weight per week in order to maximally retain muscle mass, 300 grams, you know, is close to that 0.5% of my body weight 
per week. So still in that ballpark range, but, uh, but yeah, pretty much kept following that. But then a few weeks ago, I did actually commence another diet break because again, my weight just started to do very, very random funky things. So when Jack and I got back from Noosa, which was around the beginning of December, my weight, you know, was steadily dropping. It dropped below 62 kilograms, got down to 61.5, but then it just shot back up, you know, to 62 to 62.5. And I'm just not talking about, you know, like random daily weight fluctuations. I'm talking about the weekly average started to go up for like two weeks. And I'm like, what is going on? I honestly haven't changed anything. And the weirdest thing was, is that if I actually wasn't weighing myself, I actually wouldn't have even assumed that my weight was actually going up because I actually still really liked the way that I looked, but my body weight, man, it just wasn't playing the ball. You know, it was all over the park. So essentially I'd been dieting for 17 weeks at this point, And I'm like, not, you know, I'm showing all the signs that I need a diet break, you know, clearly from the chronic period of dieting, I was fatigued, I was stressed, my body was freaking out. So after that 17 week mark, I did a diet break. I pretty much, again, brought my carbs back up to 325 carb. Uh, Protein was between 140 to 150 grams. Fats were at 35 grams. And I commenced that four week. And the great thing is, is that across that week, my body weight actually dropped down again. So at the beginning of the week, it was at like 62.5 kilograms. And then by the end of the week, it was 61.6 kilograms. So a 900 gram drop, despite eating close to like 500 calories every single day from carbohydrates for a week straight. So That really just goes to show how chronically fatigued I was, stressed out I was, inflamed I was, and my body literally just needed that break from dieting. So I ended that diet break two weeks ago now, and ever since, you know, my scale weight has continued to steadily drop again. I simply just brought macros and calories back down to where they were before the diet break. So back down to 175 carb, 35 fat, 140 protein on those five lower days, 325 carb on those two higher days. And uh, yeah, body weight has now dropped down to 60.7 kilograms. So really, really happy with that. Um, So things are still moving in the right direction. So that's pretty much been the last 20 weeks for me in a nutshell in terms of like training, body composition wise, I guess just a huge part to touch on is posing. You know, I think that my posing has probably increased like 100 fold. And the reasoning for that is just because I'm putting a hell of a lot of work into it. And the truth is I'm putting so much goddamn effort into this prep in terms of training, nutrition, you know, trying to bring my absolute best physique. I don't want to get up on stage and look like a fool and have it all be for nothing. So 
I just can't emphasize enough the way that you present your body on stage through posing is so, so important. And, you know, you can't do like, you can't do everything yourself. You can't necessarily learn off YouTube videos. Okay. Like you need to invest in a good coach. And, uh, luckily I did get myself a very good posing coach. Her name is Ashley Madison and she's a seasoned competitor with the IFBB and with WBFF really, really great poser. And, um, she's actually going to be competing this season as well, but you know, I've done quite a number of lessons with her and she's really taught me the ropes and just really helped me choreograph. And, oh, I always have her like voice kind of in my head, just like slow it down, take your time. Right. Because coming from a background of posing with ICN, where it is very fast paced, it's very flowy. There's lots of movements, IFBB is so much more graceful, you know, like, and fluid and very sexy and taking your time and almost like seductive, you know? Um, so it's definitely been a lot to learn, but I know that I still have a long way to go before I absolutely nail it. But at the same time, I know I've come a really, really long way with my posing. And, you know, I practice my posing almost every single day usually to get my steps in, you know, um, Jack and I don't live far from world's gym, Brisbane, about a 10 minute walk. So I will honestly, if I have time, if I don't have client check-ins, I will, you know, walk down to the gym and I'll do half an hour of posing and I'll walk back. And to me, that is a great way to get my steps up, but also be productive in terms of, you know, increasing my skill set toward posing and also contributing to, you know, the success of my prep. So posing has been awesome. Um, I'm really, really enjoying it. I love with the IFBB, how you are able to choreograph your own routine. I absolutely love that. And man, I'm just so determined to absolutely nail it and make it look very, very smooth so that when I get up on that stage, you know, there's no like anxiety or like, I'm not scared that I might trip or stumble or something. It can just be fluid and beautiful. And I can be very confident with how I'm moving and how I present myself and showcase my hard work, man, because, ah, a lot has gone into this. But, you know, I guess just to finish up, because I am coming up close to an hour now and I've covered pretty much my approach to training, you know, changes in nutrition and, you know, changes in body composition across the last 20 weeks. Pretty much the last thing to touch on is just my mindset, you know, and all I can really say is that you just need to get yourself in a frame of mind where you are treating every single day as an opportunity to be that little bit better. So, you know, treat every single meal as an opportunity, treat every single training session as an opportunity, every single, you know, chance that you get to move your body and, you know, expend a little bit of extra energy, treat that as an opportunity, you know, treat every single time you're able to put on your heels or put on your trunk. So just essentially practice your posing as an opportunity to get better because it all adds up, you know, Every little bit of effort that you put into this, every single little thing that you do, it all adds up to that final masterpiece that you are going to be presenting on show day, you know? And uh, I just, I would never want to step on stage and know that, 
oh, you know, I left a stone unturned or I could have worked that little bit harder. Or, you know, those few days I really shouldn't have gone over my macros or I really should have gone for that extra walk or, you know, like I should just like knuckle down and done that fourth set. I shouldn't have stopped at three just because I was tired or I was exhausted or, you know, I just, I wasn't in a good mood and I didn't want to train that day, you know? Every single day is an opportunity to add to your results so that you can bring your absolute best come show day. But you know, I also want to mention that I am certainly not immune to the normal feelings that any comp prep competitor would experience, you know, whether they have a coach or they're coaching themselves, you know, of, am I going to be ready in time? Am I going to be lean enough? You know, should I push myself harder? Should my macros be lower? You know, should my cardio be higher? Should I be expending more energy? You know, should I be like doing six sets in the gym instead of four or five? Like you always want to push yourself harder, but you know, before I even started this comp prep, I made a promise to myself that, you know, if I was going to be coaching myself through this, I was going to do everything in my power to look at it objectively and try to remove emotion from the equation and truly look at, you know, what is the data telling me? So I collect a lot of data. I collect obviously my daily weigh-ins, which I take a weekly average from, my daily steps, my daily calories, which I both take an average from. I track my macros to a T every single day. Every number is usually pretty much plus or minus one gram. So I'm always being very, very specific and I'm tracking absolutely every single thing that goes into my body. I'm obviously tracking my training performance. I'm tracking everything to do with body composition, whether that be taking regular skin fold measurements, also taking progress photos. And I'm really trying my absolute best to, uh, remove emotion from the equation, you know? So for example, if the data is telling me, hey, Tiara, you know, your weight's plateaued, your progress photos aren't looking any different, you need to do a macro cut, I will look at that and I'll say, okay, that's just what needs to be done. I won't be like, oh no, but you know, I really don't wanna go below 200 grams of carbs or something. I just make it work, you know, because that's what needs to be done. And to be honest, I want the results so much more then I want food, okay? A little bit of extra food. So it matters so much more to me. So yeah, from the start, I pretty much made myself that promise. And I'm so glad that I collect all of this data because it allows me to paint a much bigger picture and understand, okay, what's truly going on here with my physique? Because you know, for example, if I was to only track body weight change and I wasn't to track anything else, that's basically looking at my progress through a one dimensional view. You know, body weight is only one piece of data. And I've certainly experienced this because I have been dieting now for 20 weeks, coming up on five months, you know, and I've only lost just over seven kilograms, which isn't a huge amount. And even in the last month and a half, I think my weight's only budged like around a kilogram. But when I compare my progress photos, it tells me a completely different story. And we have to remember that as competitors, 
This is a physique sport. We are judged on how we look. And yes, of course, there are a few weight categories, but you know, for the majority of the part, a lot of competitors aren't marked at all on their body weight. They're purely marked on their physique and their presentation. So that always, always has to come first. How do you look regardless of what scale weight might say? And especially near the tail end of prep, the scale can do really funky things, you know, and it might not always plummet in the way that you would have expected, but don't let that cloud your vision of what you're actually looking like. Because heck, if the scale is up 500 grams, but you look better, I would rather look better than have the scale be down 500 grams. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that is pretty much, you know, the frame of mind that I have been in for the last 20 weeks. And I do plan on carrying that through for the rest of my prep because, you know, I've still got 18 weeks to go. I'm pretty much only just over the halfway mark, which is uh, pretty crazy to think about. But yeah, guys, I know that I am coming up on an hour now and, you know, I do want to keep these episodes to about an hour long. If you have made it this far, thank you so much for listening. I, uh, I really hope that you've enjoyed uh, listening to me ramble on about all of these things, you know, personal physique wise and comp prep, all that jazz. But, you know, moving into this next week. It's pretty much just about continuing to tick boxes. I'm not making really any adjustments to my current plan because I still am coming off the benefits from that diet break. And even this last week, I did see another drop in body weight by 0.5 kilograms, which is awesome. Last week I was like 61.2. This week I've been 60.7, which is awesome. Really, really good. Wanna keep seeing you know it trending down because you know, at the end of the day, I know that I still do need to be leaner. So I know that as body weight continues to trickle down, that will be a really good thing. But yeah, I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone for tuning in. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. And like I said at the start, you can expect me to uh, be releasing one every single week, likely on a Sunday or a Monday, giving my weekly recap. And if there's anything else you want to hear, you know, I'm an open book. I want to give you guys the details. I want to share more with you. So if you do have any specific questions, please feel free to send those through and ask me. I would be more than happy to talk about other topics, you know, in depth and everything. But I guess until then, you know, I hope you guys have a great week. If you did enjoy this episode, please feel free to take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram stories, tag myself, you can tag the bodybuilding dietitians, and I'll catch you in that next episode.